You guys ready to hear a little bit of word? You okay with that? I want it, before I get started in the in the message, I want to give you just a little bit of a teaser for what's the the subject coming next, our next series. And it's going to be uh, not a super long series, but a short series. And uh, we're calling it Timeline, Timeline of the World. Do we have that? Yeah, Timeline of the World. I think it's really interesting the days that we live in, that we can see so much turmoil going on and so much good things happening in the world that some people just like, what is happening? Everybody is uh, like, seems like they're a little bit off their rocker, right? And the Bible says that in the end times, in these end days, in these last days that we're living in, that people will call what was once right, wrong, and what was once wrong, right. Anybody see any of that going on? We live in the best time, right? You got picked for this. And so we're going to talk about this for a few weeks of how we got to this age that we live in, the church age, and that the church age is coming to a close, that we are 2,000 years from when Jesus came to the planet, and we're very close to his second coming, that the Bible talks about. Did you know there's more verses talking about Jesus' second coming than his first coming? By far, by far. So we're going to talk about it because for Christians— we're not supposed to be afraid. We're not supposed to be uh, upset about what's going on. We're supposed to look up, get excited, get happy. Jesus is coming back. So that's what we're going into next week and for a few weeks. I think it'll help you. I think it's designed to remove fear, to get our eyes open, right? You want a little fresh insight, some inside information to what's going on in the world? Show up next week. I mean, you're going to get some, you're going to get some clues, some news, some current events, stuff that's happening right now that points to Jesus coming. It's going to be a good time. So that's my teaser. Let's go into the message. Can we do that? Thank you, Lord. Isn't it good that God made a way for us to come back to him? Man, he made a way for us to come back to him. That is good because our sin, come on now, I'm talking to a bunch of people that know about some sin, right? Our sin separated us from God. It pushed us away, not him, it pushed us away from him. And God said, we need to fix this. And he had a plan from the beginning of the world that Jesus would come. Amen. And he did come and he was sinless, but the Bible says he became sin for us. Let's look at that in the scripture. Second Corinthians chapter five, God made the way and there make no mistake. Jesus is the way. And there is only one way to the father and it is through the son. Amen. We can't miss words with that. It's gotta be true. It's gotta be right. Second Corinthians, second Corinthians chapter five, verse 17. This is the easy to read version up on the, up on the screen. So you can follow along with that. It says this, when anyone in Christ, when anyone is in Christ, that means you made Jesus your Lord and savior. It is a whole new world. Old things are gone. Suddenly everything is new. All this is from God. And through Christ, God made peace between himself and us. Come on, that's good news. We have peace with God. He made peace between himself and us. And God gave us the work of bringing people into peace with him. That means once you've been brought to peace, you have a job to bring others. Tell them about Jesus, amen? And it says this, I mean that God was in Christ making peace between the world and himself. In Christ, God did not hold people guilty for their sins. Thank you, Jesus. He gave us this message of peace to tell people. So we have been sent to speak for Christ. It is like God is calling people through us. We speak for Christ when we beg you, be at peace with God. Christ had no sin, but God made him become sin so that in Christ we could be right with God. So that in Christ we could be right with God. See, in your sin, you were doomed. 
for eternity. You would have to pay the price for your sin for all of eternity. But God said, it can't be that way. I'm gonna send my son. The best, the best gift God could send. He looked around and said, the best thing I can send is my son. And Jesus became the substitute for us. Come on, that's what this day is all about. That's what this week and this weekend is all about, that Jesus paid the price for your sin. And the tragedy that is lost on the world is that they, by rejecting Jesus, they are choosing to pay their own price for their own sin for eternity. Come on now. If you got up from a restaurant and you got to the place where you're gonna pay and, and the cashier said, somebody paid your bill, you'd be like, no, I'm, pay, I'm paying it. I'm gonna pay it again. Are you really gonna do that? What kind of crazy does that take? Right? You're just like, well, thank you, Lord, right? Somebody likes me. I must have smelled good today, right? You're not going to pay it again. That's, that's crazy. And the world just doesn't know that the price has been paid. They don't know. And it's crazy, but we need to tell them. We need to tell them the price has been paid. Jesus became sin for you, so you don't have to pay that price. Amen? And, and the good news is, is God didn't leave him in the grave right? We serve the resurrected king. He's the only God in all of creation that claims to be and is alive forevermore right now. There is so much evidence in history. Come on, even for you history buffs and science buffs, there is so much evidence that Jesus was raised from the dead from all kinds of perspectives, writings outside of the Bible, inside of the Bible. There is no way it could have been fabricated. You can talk to any forensic scientist, any forensic evidence analysis person. They will tell you this is, this is exactly what we look for is that parts and pieces are all here that says this is truth. This happened. It's not even an argument anymore. It isn't because Christianity is founded and based on his resurrection. Paul said if he didn't raise from the dead, we're wasting our time. We should not have got up and showered this morning or combed our hair. We should have just stayed in our beds right? But we know different, amen? God did raise him from the dead. We do serve a resurrected king, and we will see him again one day very, very soon. And for those that are ready, be like, yes, bring it on. I've been waiting for this day, amen? For those that are not, be like, "Uh uh-oh, uh-oh, right? The Bible says they're gonna be hiding in rocks and caves and hiding from the king of glory. Come on, that's, that should not be you. It should not be you. Is that true? Amen, amen, come on. In that same scripture in the New King James, the Bible says that God has reconciled us to himself, reconciled us to himself, and he's given us the ministry of reconciliation, meaning we're telling people, you are at peace with God. Make Jesus your Lord. You are at peace. He is not holding your sin against you anymore. It fell on Jesus. Just receive Jesus as your Lord, and you're in. You're in. He made it so simple. So simple. Just say yes to Jesus. Amen? Come on now. You wouldn't pay that bill twice. You'd say thank you and have a nice day. Thank you, Lord. Reconcile means to reunite, to appease, to restore to harmony, to restore to favor with God. You are in God's good favor. With Come on. You're not trying to earn it. You're not just barely sliding in. You're not the the way down the line, kid, you are in. It's good news. There's something about this verse that talks about that we are new, new creatures, that old things have passed away and all things have become new. There's something about starting something new in your life that just feels good, right? When you get a new place, a new house, a new apartment, it's like, ah, this feels good, right? You get a, a, a new car, 
It's like, ooh, I like this new car, right? You get a new job. You start a new job. It's fun to start a new job. It's new. It's challenging. It's fresh. Is that right? There's just something about starting something new that just feels good. And, and the Lord said, man, when we make Jesus the Lord of life, you are starting fresh. You're starting fresh. I remember when um, I was going from the sixth to the seventh grade, right? New school. And it wasn't just like transitioning from elementary to junior high because I was going from a K through 12 to a totally different school, right? Where nobody knows me. And you're starting like totally fresh. And for some, that would be like fear and trepidation. For me, I was like, you can tell by the way I walk my walk, I'm a ladies man. No time to talk. Like I was like, right? You just feel good. Like nobody knows me. Nobody knows my past, right? I'm starting from fresh, from scratch. It's good. Lasted about two weeks, right? And then they figure it all out. But there's something about starting something brand new, right? It feels good. It feels good. And this is what the Lord is trying to tell us. When you start new with him, this is forever. It doesn't wear off. The new you is new over and over and over. You're a new creation in Christ. Something that will never die. Come on, the real you will never die. The inner man, the one that lives beyond this life will never die. You get to choose where you spend eternity. God's voting for you. The devil's voting against you. You cast the deciding vote. It's true. And I'm telling you, eternity with God is far better. Hell is not designed for human beings. It was designed for the enemy when he rejected God. It was never designed for humans, ever. It was designed for the enemy, for the devil and his cohorts. But the enemy's been good. He's tricked people into choosing him, into rejecting God. He's tricked them, right? Because if you saw, if you, right now, if the heavens open and you saw which to choose, it's no contest, right? Singing and forever ice cream, right? And darkness and unhappiness and loneliness forever and ever and ever and ever and ever. Oh, easy, right? There's ice cream in heaven. I just want to tell you guys. <laughs> ice cream is happiness. Okay. So choose, we're, I'm challenging you to choose life. Come on now. God wants you there. You were designed to be with him forever. He sent his best gift ever so that you could spend eternity with him. Man, that's good news. That is good news. What, what you need to know is that in Christ, you are not marked by your past. You're marked by the cross. See, that stuff from behind, all that stuff behind you, that stuff that you think holds you back, the stuff that you don't think you can tell anybody, right? That stuff, it's gone in Christ. God doesn't remember it anymore. The only one that's bringing it up is the enemy in your ear and you. And you. That's it. He's like, when he said he forgives it and removes it, it's gone. Come on. The creator of the universe has the ability to forget your mess, to forget the stuff you did, and to lay it all aside and give you a brand new start. And then subsequently as Christians, like I've made mistakes even after I knew Jesus. The blood of Jesus covers all our sin. Come on, that's good news. We're not marked by our past. Come on, don't let the enemy, don't let your thoughts, don't let your past define you. Let Jesus define you. You are marked by the cross. Come on, everything can be new starting today. Brand new, starting over, fresh. Come on, going with God. That's good news. Thank you, Lord. I've heard this before. People have said that Christianity, religion is a prison. Like it's bondage. Like I can't do anything. There's too many rules and restrictions. I've gotta be free, right? 
Anybody ever heard that? Too many restrictions. I want to do what I want to do. When we're training our kids, we set up parameters for them, right? We set up boundaries and rules. Do we not? Come on now, parents. We set up, we set up boundaries. And inside of those boundaries, they are totally free to do and operate and function as human beings, as growing and learning and developing, right? But when they cross the line, when they have stepped over the boundary, there's something called a consequence, right? Discipline that happens because in the world, we have the same boundaries, right? If you go too fast, you get a ticket, right? You shoplift, you go to jail, right? You rob a bank, you go to jail. There's parameters, right? You say you're free because you're not restricted. In reality, you're in prison. Outside of the bounds of what God calls good and right is, is jail. That's the truth. That's the truth. I used to drive like Mario Andretti, right? Like Dale Earnhardt Jr. When I'd come up to a pack of cars, I'm like, I'm passing them on the, on the top, on the bottom, right? I'm, I'm, going, I'm getting around this pack because that's my job, Right? And it was fast and furious everywhere. And I'm telling you, when you would see lights come up behind you, whoo, heart race, jump, palpitations, like how long has he been back there? What all did he see, right? And when he comes to the window, he's like, what were you thinking? And like, it really doesn't matter what I was thinking. It matters what you were thinking. And you need to tell me what you were thinking so I can come up with a decent story, okay? Because <laughs> I don't know how long you've been behind me. And that, that's the life you live as a crazy kid, right? But now, I, my driving's a little bit more like driving Miss Daisy, right? So when, when lights come up behind me, I don't panic because I have done nothing wrong. I just move over like I should, right? It's so much better to sleep good at night, right? To not wonder if the door's going to get kicked down, right? Or I'm going to get a crazy phone call. It's so much better. It's freedom. It's freedom, do you see that? Religion is a mess all by itself, right? Just the word religion just conjures up connotations inside of me that are just strict, rigid rules. We don't live in a religion at Westside. We live in a relationship with God. Come on now. We are co-workers with him, helping him to do exactly what he's asked us to do in this earth, and that's to tell others about Jesus and to show people what it looks like to be a true follower of Jesus. Man, there's so much freedom in that. Do you see that? It's not prison at all. It's freedom. It's freedom. Come on now. The real bondage is sin. Man, guilt and shame and sin is such a trap. God, we've all been there. Come on now. We've all been there. It's like you do something wrong and you should have admitted it right away, but you don't. You stew on it for a month, a year, right? And it just eats you up. And then when you finally get it off your chest, Oh, that feels so good, right? It's freedom. Sin and guilt and shame is such bondage. And in Christ, there is no condemnation. Zero. Come on now, because he paid the price. Amen? Stay with me. Romans 8. Romans chapter 8. It says this. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Romans chapter 8, verse 1. There is no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus who do not walk according to the flesh. That means following after all the whimsical desires that you want to do, but you walk according to the spirit. For the law, look at this now. This is a mouthful, but look at it. For the law, there is a law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus 
that has made me free from the law of sin and death. Come on now, that's freedom. There is a, there is a spiritual law that is the life of Christ Jesus. And that life in Christ has made you free from the law of sin and death. The law of sin and death says you have to pay for your own sin. The law of sin and death says the wages of sin is death. Come on. I mean, that is bondage. Being in prison is bondage. Being free feels good. That your sins are not being held against you anymore. I am absolutely 100% confident where my eternity lies. No question. When Jesus comes back or I step out of this body into eternity, I'm going to be with him. Amen? Because he paid the price and I accepted that. So I can live totally different. I can live a totally different free independent life because of that. Not in bondage, not worried about what I've done, what's been wrong. (laughs) Come on now, that's freedom. That's the truth. (laughs) Christians don't have to be afraid of dying. A lot of Christians, come on now, even in this room, if we're honest, fear of death, fear of death. Hebrews says this, Hebrews chapter two. He says, he himself likewise shared in the same, that's Jesus, that through death, he might destroy him who had the power of death, that is the devil. And he released those who through fear of death, that was us, were all their lifetime subject to bondage. He died for us and he whooped the devil right? And because he did, because he did, he abolished death and he removed the fear of death that kept us in bondage. See, all fear, all fear is rooted somehow in death. People aren't afraid of flying. They're afraid of crashing and dying, right? Being in a hollow metal tube with wings on it is perfectly fine unless it's plummeting to the earth, right? True? It's the fear of dying. People aren't afraid of water per se, swimming per se. They're afraid of sinking and drowning and then dying, right? It's not the water because they drink water. Otherwise, you'd be afraid of all water. It's sinking and drowning and dying, right? It's not heights that you're afraid of. It's the fall with a sudden stop at the bottom and then dying. That's what we're afraid of. Is that true? It's the fear of death. When you remove the fear of death, these things that you think you deal with start to become less important. Come on now, God does not want you in bondage to fear at all. Because as a believer, when you step out of this body into eternity, you won't even know that you died. You won't even know it. Your body will just quit and your spirit just steps out and goes, well, that was interesting. Did I really look that old? I feel good, right? No aches, no pains, looking your best, dressed your best. Come on now. This is what we get to look forward to. This is not the end. If this life is all there is, it's a sad day in Mudville, right? I mean, come on now. There's good things about this life. Man, I've got kids. I love my kids. I love the stuff that we get to do. I love being here with y'all. It's great, but there is far better ahead of us forever, and that's good. It's good. Hmm. Jesus paid it all, amen? He paid it all for you. It's a done deal. It's a done deal. The only thing we have to do now is accept it. Say, yes, I receive Jesus. I want him in my life. He needs to be my savior and my Lord. Come on, that's when life starts getting good. Ask, just ask around a little bit after service. That's when life starts getting good. That doesn't mean all your problems vanish. Come on now. 
We're not too crazy to think that. It just means that now you've got somebody with you to help you through that. Yeah? I remember I was doing some plumbing one time under this house and I was helping a friend in another state and he was the experienced one and I had done a few things, but we were working on the drain lines, right? And we were retrofitting these drain lines to make them fit. And I was down there by myself figuring some stuff out and I was getting it. And it's never fun working with other people's sewer, okay? I'm just saying, that is not a fun part of the job at all, just, just so you know. So I'm already a little bit of trepidation under there with my mouth very tightly closed and all that stuff, okay? And so you're working on your back overhead. And, and when my friend showed up, the guy that had been doing it 10 years longer than me, right, and understood the process and where he, when he shows up and he crawls in and, and we get in there working, it's like the tension of getting it right and doing it right just just eases right off. Why? Because there's somebody else with me that knows more than I do, right? And is confident in the outcome. It's different doing life by yourself than doing life with the creator, with Jesus in you, with the Holy Spirit in you. Because when he's in you, he's the helper. He knows everything about everything. And it just, it just settles. You're like, okay, God's with me. He's helping me. It's much, much better. When I was learning to fly an airplane, you fly with the instructor for 10 hours, 8 to 10 to 12 hours. And at some point he goes, okay, you can do it on your own. Go around the patch and come back and see me, right? And you, for a split second, turn into like a California Valley girl. Shut up. No, you shut up. I'm not ready. I can't be ready. Fly. I mean, you know, you get keys to the car as a 16-year-old, you're gone, burning rubber. You get in an airplane by yourself off the ground, a couple thousand feet you're thinking about it a little bit more, (laughs) right? But there's something about when he's sitting there, right? Cool, calm, collected Mr. 4,000 hours, right? That's almost asleep while you're flying, he's so comfortable. That guy, there's just something about having somebody there that just sets you at ease. Come on now, this is what we were meant to be, to be in communication with, in relationship with our Father, and with the Holy Spirit living inside of us. Otherwise, you're doing it all on your own. You flying solo. And you don't know enough to fly solo. There's a lot of crashing and burning when you fly in solo. Come on now. You hear me? This is, this is what we're destined for, is to have God, the Lord of glory, living on the inside of us, helping us, teaching us, showing us. Man, it's good news. And the only way we could have got there is with Jesus' death and his resurrection, because he's not on the cross anymore. He's not hanging there anymore. He paid the price. Now he's alive forevermore. Amen? He's the head of the church, and that's good news. Thank you, Lord. Ephesians 2 says this, verse 4. Ephesians 2, verse 4 says, but God, who is rich in mercy, because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved through faith. And he raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That's good. That's a position of authority. That's good news. That in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace. He said this specifically, in the ages to come. What does that mean? That means there is something beyond this. Something beyond this. He's gonna be showing us for the ages to come. What are the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness toward us in Christ? For by grace, you have been saved through faith that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. It's not of works, lest anyone should boast. 
So you cannot earn this. This is a free gift. And if we're trying to earn it by being a good person, it's not enough. It's not enough. We have to receive the gift by grace through faith. Come on now. You cannot earn this. You cannot be good enough. One small, tiny sin is enough to make you pay for it for eternity on your own. But Jesus paid it all. Most of us don't just have one sin on our checklist. I'm just saying, right? Maybe the three-year-old around here, right? Most of us got a tally. But the blood of Jesus covers all sin. All sin, right? And not just a covering, listen to me, not just a covering, a removal of sin. As if it never existed. That's good. That's our God. That was his plan to remove it. It's gone. Come on now, stop holding it against yourself. That old, that old you is gone. You can start fresh today. Come on now, from right now. <clears throat> that means that your spirit before Christ was dead. Your spirit before Christ was dead. It was not alive. But then Christ was raised from the dead and God in Christ raised us up together with him. That, when does that happen? That happens the moment you say yes to Jesus. You are raised, resurrected. Come on now. And your spirit, which was once dead and on its way to hell, is now alive to God and on its way to eternity with him forever in Christ. Come on, that's good. That's good. You do not, you do not want to die in a state of having a dead spirit. I'm telling you, hell is not a party. It is not a fun place. It is lonely, solitaire, lake of fire forever and ever and ever. You won't see another person. Come on now, it's not built for you. Never was. God built it for the enemy. Don't choose hell. Choose heaven. It's better, right? And then you get to see me. Come on, that's got to be worth it right there. <laughs> Bonus. <laughs> Psalm 16. Lord, I'd like to move my mansion away from his, like, as far. <laughs> no. We're going to be buddies, right? We're going to be buddies. Barbecue buddies. Thank you, Lord. Psalm 16. Psalm 16 says, you will show me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. At your, at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Joy is a byproduct of serving Jesus. And joy is not like happiness, okay? Happiness is fickle. Happiness is finding 20 bucks in the laundry, right? Be like, yes right? Just tuck that away. That's happiness, right? Happiness is driving a nice car or going on a, a good vacation, right? Happiness is comfortable clothes, right? Where's my stretchy pants, people? Right? Okay, there's some honest folks out there. Some stretchy pants, right? You go home, you get off these duds and kick off these uncomfortable shoes and you put on your stretchy pants and you eat a whole bunch of Chinese food till you just can't put any more in and you fall into a food coma and you sleep for seven minutes and wake up starving. That is happiness, Right? Stretchy pants are from Jesus. But that's just happiness, right? Joy is something on the inside that comes up no matter what's going on. Joy sustains you and gives you peace no matter what's happening in your life because you are connected to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. That you have access to a power that others do not. That's inside of you. Joy is like, 
I can't explain it, but man, I feel good. And the storm is raging and the boats are rocking and things are going all kinds of crazy, but (laughs) it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay because I know where heaven is. I know where my home is. Amen. I've been redeemed and washed and I am clean before him and I've been placed in right standing with God. That's joy. Joy is something that comes from the inside. Happiness comes just in circumstances and come on, joy is the goal. Joy and peace is the goal. And in his presence is fullness of joy, not fullness of sadness, fullness of joy. Come on, it's good news. It is. (laughs) Thank you, Lord. This joy and this peace cannot be experienced apart from Jesus. The world's experiencing moments of happiness, right? And, And calm. But joy and peace are eternal. They're spiritual. There's something that happens on the inside. They cannot be experienced apart from Jesus. We've got to come to him. It's the only way. I want to finish with this, that it's important we recognize that the world gives God a bad rap. And you've heard these things too, that, that all the bad stuff, and I mean all the bad stuff, is just thrown right onto God's lap. That somehow he's allowing it, and he's doing this stuff to us, and he's, it's very causative, meaning he's causing these things to happen. And that's, that is a bad rap for the Lord because he is not the causer of anything evil at all, at all. James 1 says, every good, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of light with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. That means he's the same. Every good gift comes from him. Come on now, Jesus made it real clear in John 10, 10. He said, the thief, that's the enemy, The thief comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. So if it's stealing, killing, or destroying, it's the enemy. Jesus said, I came that you might have life and have it more abundantly. That means whatever you're doing good and you're good at, those are gifts that God has placed in you that you didn't just somehow stumble on and figure out on your own. You are gifted in areas. Some of you are mechanical. Some of you are artistic. You could play instruments, right? Some of you have math minds. You can do calculations that would stagger us. Come on now, you didn't just get that. That was a gift to you. And Jesus came that you might have life and have it more abundantly. That means everything that you have, he can accelerate and make better. Everything that you want to do in life, he can increase it and add value to it and make it better. There are things that he has called you to do that would blow your mind. They would be so exciting to you and he can make them happen and cause them to happen in your life because he came and he died and he was resurrected. But we gotta stop giving God a bad rap. He is not the killer, destroyer, or the stealer. He is the life giver. That's the good news. Jesus was raised from the dead. We can spend eternity with him. And it's not just about where where we're going and what we're gonna see when we get there. We can live an abundant, fruitful, exciting life right now. It's not just when you just barely get into heaven. It's now. Now. Think about it. The one who knows everything wants to live inside of you and direct you and help you with your marriage, with your kids, with your job, where you live. Every single aspect he wants to touch in your life and help it and make it better. This isn't a prison. This isn't religion ritual. We're not just showing up just because we're checking a box. We do this because we love God. 
We want to see his plan and purposes in our lives come to pass, not just for our benefit, but for the benefit of those around us. Because he's told us, tell people that I am not mad at them anymore, that I have reconciled them back to myself through my son, Jesus. Tell them, tell them they need to know, they need to hear it. That's, that's the news. That's the good news. You do not have to go to hell. The price has been paid. Jesus is alive. Come on, he's alive. And we're gonna see him real soon. Come on now. I'm not talking about tomorrow at three o'clock. I wouldn't do that to you, right? But we're gonna see him real soon. He's coming back. He promised it. It's in his word. The signs of the times are there. We're gonna look at it next week. It's gonna be a good time. Jesus is coming. We don't have time to waste. (laughs) You don't wanna waste time. When you're doing it on your own, it's a waste. When you're doing it in his plan and his purpose, you'll step into eternity and go, man, I'm glad I gave my life to the Lord. I mean, I could have wasted the whole thing right up to the end, but I didn't, right? I've got time left. Got time to do the will of God, do some good things, amen? It's gonna be good. Thank you, Jesus. God wants to take our life and make it better. And at some point, you and I, we have to make a choice. At some point, you're gonna have to choose. And I don't mean just choose, go to church. Going to church is good, right? We need to get together and fellowship. You need one another, all of us. We need each other to encourage each other, right? To help each other, to pray for each other. Because there's people in here that have experienced things that you might be going through right now that have good insight, good help, amen? That's what happens when we get together. We help each other. That's good news, right? And we get together because the Bible tells us to. Don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together as the day approaches. What does that mean? As Jesus is coming, don't forget to keep getting together, right? Don't run away and hide in the mountains. Come on now. That's not what we're called to do. Keep getting together. But at some point, we're gonna have to choose to admit our sin before the Lord, to repent of it, and to surrender to him. At some point, you're gonna have to make that choice. I believe that choice is for you today. Choose it today. Make Jesus your Lord today, right? It starts brand new. Old things are gone. All things have become new. The slate is clean. Move forward with him. That's what we're called to do. That's who we're called to be, is his kids, with him forever, forever. It's good news. Amen. Can I pray for you guys?